Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, uh, going solo through Monday's five-game action. So if this is your first time, you know, tuning into the podcast, usually DJ is here with me. Um, but it's Sunday night. There's five games tomorrow, and uh, it's 11:30. So I just figured, you know, why not fire this up? I was looking into the Monday slate anyway. And I uh, give you guys a quick, you know, 15, maybe 20 minutes on some of the, you know, biggest news and notes to follow uh, going into Monday's slate, but nothing, uh, nothing too official. Obviously, DJ and I didn't connect on this, so um, we'll be getting him, you know, later this week, obviously, on the Mayo Media Network for Tuesday, Thursday, um, and potentially a Wednesday slate uh, show as well. Um sort of where we stand right now in the playoffs, it's going to be very difficult to do a full podcast on a two-game slate. It's uh, certainly not looking forward to the Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Thursdays uh, over on the Mayo show, which is game by game, you know, two games though. Um, it, we're guaranteed to have them both as well with uh, Carolina Nashville being a two to two series. Um, and uh, why am I blanking on the other one? Um, because we just watched it two Today, um, there is one more, I think. Uh, oh, uh, the Toronto, Toronto on the Tuesday as well, playing on a back-to-back. So we're guaranteed to have, you know, two game slates on Tuesday and Thursday there. Um, but be sure to tune into the Mayo Media Network on Tuesday and Thursday. And as I was saying, on on uh, on Wednesday, if we only have two games. Um, the way it stands right now, it, it seems like that could be the case. You know, that's assuming uh, Minnesota loses in Vegas and then Florida loses at home against Tampa. Probably not going to do, you know, fire it up for a two-game slate show on Wednesday. However, it's a, if it's a four-game slate, you know, if, if Florida wins, if Minnesota extends their series, maybe we'll fire things up and talk through the Wednesday four-gamer. And three games, who the hell knows? Stay tuned. Find out. Um, but we're here to talk about the five games on Monday. So before I get to those games, just going quickly through some of my notes game by game, did want to mention the three series that are not on the slate, uh, of course, meaning, uh, you know, Carolina Nashville being the only series that is still going uh, two to two series. there, very, very interesting stuff. I mean, obviously, UC Saros has been a huge part of their victories, um, but, you know, they've played some pretty solid hockey. Like, yeah, they're giving up a lot of shots and a lot of expected goals but you see some of the high danger chances they're getting um and it really feels like they are playing uh about as well as you could hope for honestly um so obviously having a hot goalie in uc saros helps but you know nashville has enough pieces maybe they can pull it off um certainly you know certainly not all in on carolina like i was to begin the series which obviously makes sense given uh the series is not two to two um, but, you know, do like what I see out of Nashville to some extent. So very interested in seeing what they can do, uh, you know, to maybe even pull the upset off here. Anyway, the other two series, uh, you know, so long to St. Louis and to Washington. Uh, I, I found it very, very fitting that, you know, given the season and just given how frustrating everything has been for me that, um, that you know, those two series ended on offensive zone penalties by Daniel Sprong and Mike Hoffman. I mean, you can't draw it up any cleaner than that. It's just a middle finger to me. Um, you know, Daniel Sprong taking a tripping penalty with four minutes left to just sort of really 
quell any sort of comeback hopes that the Caps had. And then Hoffman taking a four-minute penalty that just, like, you know, I get it. You're trying to keep the puck in or whatever, but he basically just took the opportunity to slash McKinnon in the face. Um, to respect the effort, but, um, you know, that's not going to cut it, especially when I need one more goddamn Philip Grubauer save to take uh, some extra money in the series DFS, you know, like four-minute four penalty. Tough scenes, tough scenes all around there for sure. Um, anyway, the five games we have on hand, we have the Islanders at Pittsburgh. We have Toronto at Montreal. We have Tampa, Florida, Edmonton at Winnipeg, Minnesota at Vegas. I know for me personally, you know, I'll go through game by game with some relevant notes. Uh, I'm pretty much all but crossing off this Islanders-Pittsburgh game. Um, I'm certainly not interested in Montreal. Toronto's a bit interesting. We will sort of touch on them and, you know, my thoughts there. Tampa, Florida, I think that's an excellent game. I think, you know, Edmonton, Winnipeg, if it's anything like we saw tonight on Sunday, it's another excellent spot as well. And then Minnesota, Vegas, you know, maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment, but I think the prices make sense. I think Minnesota, you know, is showing enough, maybe not last game, but in general, I think they're showing enough in the series that at their prices, I might be able to get on board. So that's just sort of my quick overview of the five games, starting off with the Islanders at Pittsburgh at seven o'clock, shared with Toronto, Montreal, which kind of sucks, you know, just make it 730, but whatever. Uh, Islanders, Pittsburgh, I am definitely expecting, you know, the, the Islanders and the Penguins, honestly, to remain the same. Um, we could see Pittsburgh go to their break glass sort of strategy. My guess is something like that would look like uh, Brian Rust down to the Malkin line and a Kasperi Kapanen maybe up to the Crosby Gensel line. Um, but we should get plenty of notice on that, if not in morning skate, definitely in the you know pregame warmups. So that's really the only change I could potentially see. Like their power play one's not changing. It's going to be Sid, Malkin, Gensel, Rust, Latang, like. Um, you know, maybe they shuffle some pieces around in the power play too, but honestly, you know, that they just had a really down game, uh, against an Islanders team with an absolute rock and barn. Um, it was a great game, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily exciting, which is why I think for DFS, we can just leave it alone. Um, but the Islanders played Islanders brand hockey, maybe at home, Pittsburgh sort of gets back to that high flying, high tempo series that we saw. I'm not willing to take that bet, though, with four other games that I like a lot. Um, I think I'm mostly staying away from this one. On the Islanders' side, we don't really expect much to change. Um, it is a bit unfortunate that it seems like Noah Dobson's earned his way onto the top power play yet again. Uh, however, he only played 13 minutes last game. In any game that the Islanders are going to win, uh, he's likely to just sort of be uh, ride the bench for the majority of the end, which, you know, is, is not great. Um, you know, any... <laughs> like any guy who's only seeing, you know, 12 to 15% of his team's available ice time. It's just real tough, um, especially when you get to, to the overtime, you know, frames and things like that. Like it really caps your upside in my opinion. And obviously caps your floor. Um, like sure. Two power play assist is great, but without the sort of, uh, you know, the stats around that, it's just so much tougher to recruit shots and blocks getting only 13 minutes. So I have a little bit of concern about Noah Dobson. If you think Pittsburgh wins, that's sort of the game script where Dobson sort of gets into the 18, 19 minute range. Maybe um, their power play, I'm guessing looks like Barzell, Bavillier, Dobson, Eberle, Pajot. 
Um, that's certainly not set in stone. We saw Wallstrom score a goal from Barzell on the power play, but it, it seemed like that was more of a double shifting Barzell than anything else. Um, however, you could see Barzell, Bailey, Letty, Nelson, Wallstrom. So basically what you're looking at is pretty straightforward. Bailey, Nelson, Bavillier um, is sort of your top guys. All of them get a power play time, you know, all of them pretty good. Um, Komarov has just been worthless all series. So even though he's playing with Barzell and Eberle, you know, I'm not going to get tricked by that. Um, and then Palmieri, Peggio, Wallstrom, no reason for that to change. It's still pretty cheap, um, but definitely a guy like Palmieri losing out on power play time last game is real, real, uh, real disappointing. And, you know, the fact that he has two of his last three games with zero shots and less than 15 minutes, I'll probably let other people play that and I'll just focus on getting the value of Nelson and Bailey. That's where I would go here. Um, Moving on to the next game, we have Toronto at Montreal. Obviously with no Tavares, some things had to change. I was pretty surprised how things panned out for Toronto. So just going through like the game logs, I mean, uh, Marner, Matthews, Hyman all played 22 plus minutes, all played on the top power play unit. And then Willie Nylander and Kerfoot were the next two guys, 17 and 16 minutes. You have to go all the way down to 13 minutes to find Nick Foligno, who nominally was centering the second line. Um, Kerfoot sort of uh, like maybe double shifted a small amount. Um, But basically, you know, the way I sort of saw it was Toronto ran the first line and then three fourth lines. Like that is actually sort of how their, you know, usage went. Uh, Matthews is going to play a ton. It just makes onslaughting Toronto that much more difficult. At least with Tavares, you had a guy who was sometimes going to slide up. He was going to play, you know, 18, 19 minutes. Like, yeah, Nylander could be that guy. We saw him connect in a power play goal from Matthews, you know, playing in uh, what, you know, would technically be, I guess, Kerfoot's, like, power play position. Um, and sure, Matthews is going to double shift on the power play if he's, you know, if he's rested and all that. And, go, you know, go around right ahead and go for that uh, pairing. But it's going to be real tough for me to go back to a guy like Nick Foligno uh, or Alex Gotchenyuk even. Like, I thought they would, you know, be reasonable bets to at least one of them pick up some power play time. That just didn't happen. Um, so one sneaky thought I had is just sort of going back to Thornton, Simmons, and Spezza. If, if for no other reason, then they're all getting power play time. Thornton on the top unit and then Simmons and Spezza on that second unit. Um, you know, if I had to pick two, it's it's the Simmons-Spezza duo. Um, but, you know, we, we have Edmonton, we have Toronto, we have Tampa, we have Barkov, we have, you know, there's so many high-priced players to, to attack here uh, that getting Spezza and Simmons, for example, at 2.7 and 2.5, like, sure, they don't hit all that often. But when they do, they, they are certainly the sort of values that make your lineup work. And I'll just always go for guys who get power play time over guys who play slightly more uh, at five on five, but only have, say, PK roles or no special teams roles at all. So um, I especially like both of those guys because they're a bit of, you know, uh, they're fine rates players. You, you know, they're not going to get five shots all that often, but they'll put up a few and maybe, you know, knock one in the net or something. So that's sort of how I want to handle Toronto, just because I, I, I can't really trust any of their depth lines. So, you know, why not just go to the absolute cheapest uh, Spezza Simmons and just sort of hope that uh, things pan out there. Um, on the Montreal side, oh, I haven't seen anything on them potentially bringing in, say, Cole Caulfield. 
Obviously, Kokanami was the only guy who scored last game uh, after being, you know, benched for game one. Jake Evans got hurt, which is the only reason Kokanami played, and then he scored. Um, and the lines were a complete cluster. Uh, we did not get any updated lines or anything like that. So, uh, you know, it, it's certainly something that I am not, you know, I'm not too excited about this Montreal side to begin with. Um, and especially because they took such a such a tough loss, um, you know, anything wrong happens in the first period, they could definitely go, you know, they could put things in the blender yet again. So one line that I think could happen is Kokinami, Tatar, and Gallagher. Um, we did see that, and especially if they want the no to chase around Matthews at home in game three. You know, that that certainly could happen in Kokinyemi, Tatar, Gallagher. You know, all those guys see some power play time. They're all pretty good. So I don't hate that idea, but that's really the only potential thing I would do. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it, like Shea Weber, sure. But there's just five games. I don't really want to get too in the weeds on guys on a team who I frankly don't think scores <laughs> um, like I just don't think Montreal is a very good squad um, so I will mostly be staying away myself even a guy like Cole Caulfield if he draws in is 4100 like you know I just have no interest in playing that game um, so Kokinami is probably the only value piece that I could see and that's more dependent on if they sort of look to run out some lines that are designed to stop Matthews and then let the other lines you know like Kokinami and uh, Suzuki even sort of feast on the, the the bottom nine forwards. All right, next game up, Tampa at Florida. Florida's the easy side, and you know that's not to say they're easy, but Tampa is very 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 difficult to sort of pro- prognosticate at this point in time. Um, so Florida was pretty interesting. Obviously they lost, um, but they did run out a first power play with five forwards on it. Um, they did score their only two goals, so I would imagine that remains the case. Like say even if Yandel plays again. Um, I really don't see them taking off a Carter Verhage from that unit, given he just scored last game, and you know their power play did score twice in the six to two loss. So Barkov, Bennett, Hornqvist, Huberto, Verhage, very straightforward. Um, I like I like Florida's forwards a lot. Um, you know, frankly, they've they've carried play for every single game in this series. Um, the expected goals last game were 5.2 in Florida's favor to only 2.3 for Tampa. But Tampa has Vasilevsky. Tampa has ridiculous talent. Um, so, you know, it, it's certainly not a guarantee that Florida's expected goals advantage will lead to success, and it hasn't in this series. Um, on the Florida side, you know, we're probably going to see similar lines, Hubido. Uh, Bennett Tippett, I would be shocked if that one switched up, but you know we could see that. Um, Barkov or Hagee, I would imagine stays. It's really an open question of whether it's Marchant or Duclair. I would definitely expect one of them to be, you know, there. Um, and then you know the third line with Hornqvist, like Hornqvist hardly played at five on five. Um, yeah, power plays had a lot to do with that, but like. Man, it is a real tough sell, in my opinion, to go after a guy who played uh, just about uh, just a touch less than Ryan Lombard did at five on five in, in Patrick Hornfist. So um, I think I'm focusing on the top two lines, you know, Bennett Huberto, Barkov or Hagee. Both of them should be top power play correlated. 
Um, so that's probably you know all you need to know on that front. And then just keep an eye on Tippett and maybe Marchman as like potential value pieces if things shake out in our favor. Uh, all right, apologies for the snuffles and all that. I'm dealing with allergies. It's it's been a tough tough few weeks over in this part of the country for me. Um, on the Tampa side. Sergachev and Kucherov, uh, question marks. I would lean toward both of them being out. However, The Athletic did post something basically saying that a source said that they would expect one of them to play, but not which one. So that's, you know, very confusing. Um, But Kucherov got slashed. I mean, it didn't even look that bad, but he went down and did not get up. And, you know, we didn't see him again. And then Sergachev got hit from behind, hit his head on the board. So... Um, you know, if both those guys are out, you might be able to talk me into a guy like Andre Palat, who's, you know, incredibly cheap. Obviously he loses Kucherov at five on five, but for 4,700, he should slide into that power play job that Kucherov currently occupies. And, you know, we, we know that Palat's a good power play player. Um, so if he's a main puck toucher, like I assume he would be, I actually like him more like without Kucherov than I do with. So that, that's really one thing to keep in mind. Um, maybe a guy like Ryan McDonough slides up to the second power play if Sergachev were to miss. But given they're already priced you know, right around each other, it's not like you're getting a, a smash value in McDonough. He's already playing a lot of minutes. He's already had some decent games. He's priced up to 4,300. Um, and I'm not really looking to punt you know, Tampa defensemen myself. So we'll just close things off there. Keep an eye on the status of Kucherov. Edmonton Winnipeg I mean what a series um like Edmonton's colossal collapse on Sunday was pretty tough to watch if you know if you were sort of a neutral observer um you know props to the people who played Nick Ellers in DFS he was like eight percent on this three game slate um but you know I was just really impressed by some of the lineups that had him uh in there I frankly just couldn't pull the trigger I'm, I'm glad that Washington's off the damn slates um, because I got suckered into the cheap prices of their top guys. So maybe we see Ellers bump up a bit in ownership after his massive, you know, uh, overtime goal and uh, even what regular, regular regulation time goal. There we go. That's, that's the word. Um, And priced at 5,100. He is, you know, uh, definitely a great value, but it's tough sort of convinced me that he's a better value than say Nylander, Verhage, um, you know, the guys who are right there in the same price range. So that's really all you need to know there. You know, uh, Ehlers was playing with Dubois and Stastny, both of whom are very, very cheap. Uh, Dubois is 3,400 and Stastny is 3,200. You know, the horse may be out of the barn there though, uh, given, you know, just one night ago is when you're listening to this, like, you know, uh, that was the line to have. So maybe some people chase that. Um, definitely will compete with the Islanders value in terms of just guys sort of piling on in their GPP builds and things like that. So I would be cautious. Um, but I, obviously the, the big piece in this game is McDavid Dreisaitl, you know, despite the loss. I mean, what the hell does uh, Connor McDavid need to do to drag his team to victory? He had three assists. Uh, Dreisaitl had two goals. I believe they each hit, uh, yeah, Drysaddle hit the bonus and uh, the shots bonus, and McDavid hit the uh, 
the, the points bonus, you know, and almost hit the shots and the block shots bonuses. So, uh, sorry, Drysdale also hit the points bonus, had an assist on one of the goals. Um, anyway, I kind of think that that's really what I want to build around yet again. Um, yes, you know, you can play McDavid, Matthews, and Dreisaitl. It makes your lineups pretty tough after that, but, you know, you know it, sometimes you just got to make sacrifices. With no McKinnon on the slate, I think this is um, – that's probably how I want to allocate my salary. You could even fit in one of the mid-tier guys if you're willing to punt the rest of your positions. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I would be a little bit weary to, say, stack up you know, Winnipeg 2 with those three guys and expect to be different. So uh, just a thought there, maybe sort of use those guys in game stacks rather than um, you know straight three-man stacks or whatever. So... Um, that's really all you need to know on both sides there. There's some value pieces, maybe a guy like Ethan Bear you could talk me into again. Uh, we won't know how, you know, if they sort of decide to employ the absolute nuclear, uh, you know, like down 3-0, we won't know it until about 930. So, you know, you just got to pay attention if you're playing Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg seems fine. No one that I could tell got injured. Um, but Edmonton scratched Neil, they scratched Chase on, they scratched Turris. We could see those guys return. Uh, Pulley did not score on the power play. So unfortunately, even though he was de facto power play one, he didn't get there. Um, he almost got there through the bonuses, but didn't happen. Um, which means, you know, if Chase on is back in the lineup, well, Pulley a real tough sell now because it's not like Pulley did anything to sort of stay on that top power play unit. Um, so you know, I got on it. I'll probably jump off it again. And maybe in like some showdown or something, if we do get confirmation that Chase on and Neil are both sitting again, um, you know, I'll leave them out. So maybe build in, you know, a James Neal or a Chase on spot for a couple of GPP builds, like 2.7 on Neil, uh, Chia's 2.5. If either of those guys plays and the other one doesn't, then you might get a guy at power play one at super low ownership. You you just have no idea who Edmonton's going to go with here. So that, that's really my thought on that game. Uh, should be should be really really fun though to see you know what McDavid has to do to get his goddamn team to win a goddamn hockey game. Um, so last game of the night, Minnesota at Vegas. We don't know much about either team's situations. Uh, Minnesota lost Marcus Johansson for the rest of the playoffs due to a broken arm. Um, they also apparently have some other injuries uh, worth monitoring. So we did see Kaprizov slide up alongside uh, Joel Erickson Eck. We'll see if that sticks. Uh, you know, he slid up there toward the end of last game. He was double shifting a bit though. So in his stead, Fiala played with Hartman and Zuccarello and Victor Rask rightly took his place on the fourth line. So hopefully that sticks, you know, that would make me like Minnesota a whole lot more but it's just tough to sort of know what exactly Minnesota is going to do on the Vegas side. We do not know the status of Max Pacioretty. I would assume at this point he remains out. Um, so with him being out, you know, Smith Carlson, March or so Tuck Stevenson stone and the power play units probably, um, probably are going to stick as Carlson, March or so Smith stone. Theo is like the first guys out. Um, given that was how it was, I believe, in game two and game three. Um, but, 
you know, we could see the Stevenson uh, swap with, say, Carlson and then getting a guy like Yanmark or something in Smith's spot because that's the way it was in the early series. Um, but I would assume that, you know, the Carlson line at home is where you want to go in this one rather than stacking up on the stone line. But I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other there. Okay, there's five games. Those are some of my notes and thoughts on them. Um, nothing too concrete, but if you want to hear some more updated thoughts and, you know, digging around, definitely do join the Discord. Just DM us on Twitter at MorningSkatePod um, and follow me on Twitter. I am at Fake Moods. You know, um, it's easiest to get in contact me, with me on the Discord, honestly. So I do suggest you join that. I'll be patrolling in there before seven o'clock lock. Um, and yeah, that, that's all I have. So best of luck here on this five game slate, everyone. We will talk to you uh, tomorrow on the Mayo Media Network. So do subscribe to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets uh, to hear more from us this week. And maybe if we get lucky, we'll hear from you on Wednesday. So if you want to hear from us Wednesday, root on the Minnesota Wild and the Florida Panthers because they should they could sure use it. Um, let's keep these four game slates going. These five game slates obviously are few and far between, but really exciting hockey. Hope you guys are enjoying the playoffs so far. And I'll talk to you all soon. So from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see you.